And now, Kyle and Steven present another episode of the Go F*** Yourself podcast. Um, it's Fix. Really? Well, that's embarrassing. The Go Fix Yourself podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Go Fix Yourself podcast hosted by myself, Kyle, and also my friend, Stephen. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. On this episode, we get a chance to interview Ralph Sara, who has an incredible story about struggling and overcoming all the odds and really is a poster child for the name of this podcast. Go Fix Yourself. Yeah, uh, we met Ralph. Oh, man. So long ago, I think now. It was like uh, Cody Liska, who we've had on the podcast before. He started like this group chat. And I feel like that's where we really started to like know Ralph. I think he's like, you know, we've talked to him on social media before that. But really, we started to get to know him a little bit better and then listen to his podcast. And we get into that. We talk about how we got started and really, you know, how he kind of keeps moving on because he uh, has struggled with sobriety over the years. And now he's on this huge, awesome path. And so we wanted to dive in with that. And so we're very excited to have Ralph Sarah on the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for the one, the only, Ralph Sara from the Anonymous Eskimo Podcast. <laughs> I know we didn't. You didn't have that. Push the button. I know. Yeah, we I need know. the button, and he never remembers which one. Here's it is. yeah. That's the thing. Uh, we have not eight, eight buttons, and like every time I do it, I hit the wrong one. Yeah. So a one in eight chance. You know what? Let's uh, <laughs> let's try it. Yeah. Yeah. On the first try. <laughs> I had to look it up. Oh my God. <laughs> That's cheating. Ralph, uh, thank you so much for coming in and sitting down with us. We kind of go back, I would say, a few months, you and I, actually, because we were in a podcast group together, yeah, uh, together yeah. by Cody. Yep. And uh, it was interesting because it was all these Alaskans that had podcasts, and we were like, let's come together and uh, brainstorm and do all these things together. And you popped up and we kind of exchanged some messages back and forth in the group. And mm-hmm. it was like, now you're sitting here on our podcast yeah. and we get to chat life and everything else. I mean, it's pretty yeah. sweet. We get to shine the spotlight on you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like Cody, uh, who was actually our first official guest, yeah. you know, put us who in touch. We've I've still never met. Never met him either. In, like, in, in person. person. Me neither. And yeah. he helped me so much. Yeah, yeah. He, he helped yeah. us a lot because we were like, "Well, what's a good guy that like be a fir- a good first guest?" Joe Rogan. Well, and we then tried. He, he canceled. We, <laughs> we tried to get Joe, and yeah, he was a little tough to get yeah. to. But yeah, Cody, because we were like, "Oh man, he's really good." Like on podcasts, he can help us out because we had to ask him like, "What technology should we use for mm-hmm. digital and all that stuff?" So he helped us out a lot, and uh, then of course him doing the group thing where um, so Cody Liska, if you're not familiar, he crewed. Uh, conversations podcast host and he started this like group on facebook with almost was like it was it was a ton of podcasters um you know and we were in it too and so kind of like connecting people talking about stuff zoom uh calls and whatnot and uh yeah sponsorship and everything everything yeah yeah so so we've only seen you on social media and yep. like, uh, I think, right? We've never met in real life. Yep, we've never met. Yeah, so this is so, kind of cool to actually. Hola, mi amigos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. There's a vlog no, throwback from way big, back in the day. Big throwback. <laughs> Only uh, a few will understand that. So. <laughs> well, Ralph, why don't you kind of give us your elevator pitch of what you're doing and the podcast and all of that stuff? Yeah. Well, my podcast was... Um, it was born because I was so selfish that I needed something to hold me accountable with my recovery. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was in treatment, um, this last time I went to two residential treatment centers. And this last time I had like a vision board in my room. And um, one of them was a book called The Anonymous Eskimo. Mm-hmm. And we all had to write our story for all the peers in there. 
and all the um, staff members and everything. Sure. Everybody was doing it like a kind of a timeline. Okay, like 2000, I did this, yeah. or yeah. 2001, I went to jail, whatever. Sure. I did mine kind of like an essay. So I wrote it and um, read it to the the class, the peers, and the, the staff, and they really liked it. They, you know, encouraged me to write more, and, and I was like, okay, I want to write a book now or whatever. But at that time, of course, I was thinking, man, a book just sounds so like out of my pages. reach. Yeah. <laughs> just crazy because it took me so long. I was in there for like six months, and it took me so long to do like a 30-minute little thing, you know? <laughs> Dude, I can only imagine writing a book now. Yeah. I'm good. Um, yeah. No, so, thank you. <laughs> so I, I was thinking, what can I do, you know, to try something different and, you know, Right before I came in, went into the treatment center, uh, somebody turned me on to podcast, and I was like, "Oh, a podcast! So maybe I could try that." Yeah. And I Googled. Um, I wanted to focus more on Indigenous people, you know, sure, like me, mm-hmm. yeah, um, recovery based sobriety kind of thing, you know, having people tell their stories, whatnot. And I Googled uh, Indigenous Native. Yupik, Eskimo, whatever, all the words. And I couldn't find a podcast dedicated to, you know, this subject. And um, you found your niche. Yeah. The only thing I could find was, you know, episodes of people who were indigenous, you know, telling their stories or whatnot. Yeah. So I decided, why not? I could do it. And um, at the same time, it could hold me accountable, you know. Sure. Because... Because every week I, um, I'd have to put out a episode, and if I was drinking and drunk, I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, you know? yeah I, I kind of took a deep dive on your story even just today. I was like, I need to familiarize myself with a lot of stuff. And, and so you went into treatment because alcohol was kind of the, the predominant thing in your life at the time before that, mm-hmm. correct? And so um, I, I really love that like, you went into treatment and then you did this podcast almost to hold yourself accountable, like to not drink. And, yep. and if you, and I even remember your opening episode was if I don't post every week, you know, you need to check on, you me. know, you know, yeah. And I was right. like, Jesus, I mean, that is, I mean, right to the heart of like, this is well, something you're putting yourself it, out there for. It's funny because I, I, I was thinking about that same thing today too. And I was like, uh, I love accountability. Right. I love like, you know, when it's like you're running and you have like a, a group chat with other guys who are running and like we're training for a marathon, or whatever, you can like hold yourself accountable. You're doing it in a very kind of public way, too, which is also like adding another level of like uh scariness on top of it. Right. Right. And I was totally like, oh my God, I'm so afraid, you know. Yeah. Sure. That first episode, I got so much flack from my my family, my immediate family. They really? Were like, yeah, because I was like telling, I was not supposed to tell, you know, what happened and whatnot. Oh. You got to keep that it's like secret. Ta- taboo a little you know? bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's all the, you know, shame. You know, shame's like, you know, it holds you like a prisoner, yeah. you know? And once I put it out there, it's like that shame kind of lifted away. That's true. So I was able to, after that, I was like, hey, I could say whatever I want now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm never going to get canceled because I yeah. used to be an alcoholic and I did way worse things out there. <laughs> sure, sure. And I, you know what? I don't have a boss, so I'm I run my own podcast. So like I can't cancel myself. Yeah. I know. So like when did you when did you realize that treatment was something that you you needed? Was that something you kind of settled on yourself or was that suggested or how did that work? Well, I've been to I don't know how many outpatient treatments because of, you know, Getting into trouble with the law, sure. you know, of course, it's the nudge from the judge. You go to mm-hmm. treat outpatient treatment for this many months or whatever, and mm-hmm. then you, once you're done with that, then you're you're fine. You can do whatever. I've done that how many times over and over. I've been to two residential treatment centers mm-hmm. where you go in and you isolate, and you're there for six months. But the first, no, that. The first two I went to, I went to three, actually. The third one I actually finished. The first two I walked out of. Sure. Because... They can't force you to be there, right? Right, yeah, right. Um, unless you're court-ordered, of right. course. And I wasn't court-ordered. Um, I was just trying to 
appease other people, you know, because yeah. my family, my significant other, whatever, wanted me to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was getting into trouble. I was drinking too much and and doing bad stuff. And you know, I said, okay, I'll go to treatment. Not really wanting to, mm-hmm. you know, just saying, just so they could shut up. Yeah, <laughs> Basically, <sure>. you know, <laughs> this last time. Um, was after I got another, my felony DUI. So you're talking to a felon here. Right, right. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. We get some street cred now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, um, it, wasn't, it wasn't anything. I was riding my Harley, and I tapped the, front, uh, the back bumper of a car in front of me. And oh. so the cops were called. Uh, it's not like a big crash or anything. Right. And I was drinking, so um, they took my... My Harley away forever. Oh man! After your felony uh, DUI, they take your your vehicle away, sure, yep. along with your license and whatnot. So um, that was kind of the nudge, right? Yeah. And while I was in treatment, I I had the realization that I I'm it's like a revolving door. It's like a broken record. I keep doing this to myself, not only myself, to my family, to my work. You yeah. know. I'm a dental assistant. I, I think I worked at every single dental office here in Anchorage. Sure. It just <laughs> kept. <a> joke. <laughs> but, yeah. All three of them. <laughs> There's a lot. But, yeah, <laughs> but um, while I was in there, I kind of, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that anymore. You know, I surrendered. I, I, I said, you know, I'm going to do whatever. So I opened it up to the clinician there and her name is Bex Jacobs. And she was so amazing. I got to tell somebody what I was keeping in and holding stuffing inside of me yeah. and in a safe place with a safe person, you know? Um, so after that, I, um, I was starting to open up to people. And once that happens, it lifts a tremendous weight off yeah, of you. For sure. So um, that was the beginning. And that was the beginning of my journey of uh, this time of recovery because I've had a lot of journeys where I quit and I wanted to quit. Um, But, you know, alcohol had a grip on me. Every time I took one drink, I I was off to the races, you know. Yeah, what what do you think was was different about the third time you went into treatment than the other two? And then, like, coming out of this and then being like, I want to share. Not just, like, because, I mean, I feel like, you know, you're going through something tremendous, you know, you're working through all the shame, like you said, all the stuff in your brain, but then all of a sudden you're like to turn it around and then to actually finish treatment, but then also to like, be like, I want to share it with everybody and then talk about it with people because this is not being talked about enough. Like what was the change in the third one? Do you think it was, was it just like you figured out your why? Like you understood like, Oh, this is for me now. It was a lot of encouragement at first from the clinicians in there and the peers. I had peer support there for the first time. The other two uh, residential treatments or the other treatments, they didn't have uh, peer support people, which is tremendous in treatment because before treatment is kind of like a workbook, you know. You work through the workbook and you uh, check off these boxes and, and then at the end then you can graduate or whatever. Peer support, you have people that have been there and have went through all the hardships that you have maybe yeah. or have similarities. And they're working at a treatment center and helping other people, you know. So you got to see that. You had the culture in there. It was just a really positive experience this time around, and I was doing it for myself yeah. this time. Right. Before, I was just trying You're to just do doing it. doing it for the other people. The other people, yeah. yeah. That right. makes sense. And, and you mentioned something that, like when you came out of this, you you felt like you didn't have quite the family support that you might have needed. Essentially, it was kind of like let's not talk about this for the podcast thing. The for the podcast, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and for I I know this date because I, I read it, but just for the people, when did this actually take place that you decided to be clean? My sobriety date is January eighteenth of uh, twenty twenty one. No, 2020. 2020 is what 2020. Yep. Yeah. I have it on my... Because that... Well, I have it on my that, that was one of the things... <laughs> there you go. That, that was one of the things I had a question on, too, because I was like, so not only are you making this public statement, right, and then you just decided, like, I'm going to be sober on January 2020, but then March comes around, and, like, all of that happens. The uh, pandemic happened 
when I was in treatment. Okay. So oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, when gotcha, I was gotcha. in treatment, everything shut down, you know? Oh, man. So oh. we couldn't go out. People could not come in. We couldn't have visitors or anything like that. The staff even um, were holding their classes and whatnot by Zoom. They were in the back of the building, and we were in the common area <laughs> in oh, the same building. Man. So <laughs> it was just cr- kind of crazy. And all we had was a newspaper that was delivered there to You didn't have, like, TV? Read. Like you, well, we had TV, but that was kind of restricted, you know, no. in sure. treatment. So yeah, I guess it makes sense. Man, that, yeah. I feel like in my head, because I was like uh, telling my wife kind of like who you are and your story and all that stuff. And I was like, I think that would be even so all that stuff on top of it, the podcast going through treatment. But then the fucking pandemic. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> God damn. Like, I was like, that would be a lot to kind of like start. Yeah. Well, and I just feel like the pandemic was incredibly hard on most people that I mean, a lot of people, regardless if it was drinking or whatever it was, your vices were kind of what people relied on during yeah. that whole thing to get through it, or it exacerbated like, what amplified. You, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, what a time to like be dealing with that. Where some people, I think, developed that vice for sure. Through, a lot of people, a lot of people fell on that. You know, yeah. a, a, a mine friend was, of mine. Mine yeah. was cheesesteaks. Oh so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you what, man. I gained a lot of weight. A lot of weight in two years. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, you certainly found what you enjoyed doing uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. during <laughs> during the pandemic. Yeah. 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 So when you came out of it, you you started the podcast. Like, what was the the whole goal was to share conversations with people that were going through the same thing as you, correct? Yeah. Well, I listened to other podcasts on recovery sobriety. Mm-hmm. And most of them were, you know, interview, uh, interview people, you know, just, it was kind of like an AA meeting where they right. tell their story, yeah. you know, yeah. and that's exactly what my, that was the peer kind of thing. Was that like, cause I mean like for, for people who don't understand and for myself who don't understand peer um, treatment, like when you were talking about it, was that like kind of like the movies when they depict like people s- sitting in a circle and oh, talking y- their stories? Was that y- kind of y- it? Are you? No, I'm I, what I'm talking about when I say peer support is the actual position of some uh the the people that work there. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. gotcha okay. So you had clinici- clinicians that, you know, went through college and everything like that. And then you had peer support who were hired there that have been through what you've been through. Gotcha. Oh, and so Gotcha. Yeah, they, so they have the um similarities and oh, you could relate cool. to Okay. Yeah, you're thinking of like the traditional AA that you see. And AA is great, man. When I got out of treatment, I was so gung-ho AA. Um, I did all the meetings and, you know, did the positions and everything like that. And um, after a little while, I decided um, that recovery is more than just that Mm -hmm. confinement of, you know, what they have or restrictions. I don't know. they have like um, attraction rather than promotion, stuff like that. But I believe you have to like recover out loud. Okay. And there's yeah. so many different ways of recovery or sobriety or whatever. Everybody's sure. doing it different. And if you're doing it a certain way and it's helping you, why not tell other people? Hmm. Yeah. You know, and let them decide. Let them pick and choose what, what they can use in their life. I love that. Recover out loud. That's a t-shirt idea. Uh, it's, it's been done. Uh, <laughs> it's already out there. Yeah. What, yeah. what do you think? I mean, whenever I think of AA, I mean, I have this picture in my head, just kind of like he described people meeting in a church, sitting in a circle, kind of like, hey, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm this is my name, you know, I'm an addict, whatever it may be. Why do you think there's really good success in AA meetings? Is it just kind of the group support? Is it is somebody that's been through it and you kind of felt like maybe this wasn't your route you need to take, but it's obviously got to be somewhat successful in the big scheme of things to still exist. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. every, almost everybody you talk to has foundation in AA. Right. You know, they start off with that and then they develop their own ways of recovery. Sure. But their foundation in AA, the 12 steps, the 12, yep. they're just, they're just a lifestyle change, you mm-hmm. know, and you, um, you do these steps and you realize a lot of things about yourself and about the way you live your own life. Mm-hmm. And once you do the steps and once you 
um, go through it all, then you change your lifestyle. And um, for me, it was just picking what I what I learned and then applying it differently to other things, you know. Sure. Like the scope of what I was saying was like you have to tell your story out in the world without any restrictions. Mm-hmm. And that's what I believe, and that's what I'm trying to do with my podcast show. You know, I don't only have AA people on there. I have yeah. people that uh, do adventure therapy. And or comic books. Comic books, yeah, right? Yeah. And that guy was pretty cool because he's on yeah. reservation dogs. Dude, so. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and he was up because he was up here shooting a movie, right? And I heard because yeah, I heard that episode because I was like, "Dude, uh-huh. that's so cool, man!" Yeah, yeah, that it was a good, good. It, the good audio was wasn't very good though. But I tried to do it with clean feed that you know, oh, Cody, yeah. Cody that. yeah, yeah, that's how we got it. That's yeah. how we do our <laughs> intros, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tried to do it with clean feed, but his his uh whatever he had on the other side was like making him sound like a robot or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I just had to do the old phone thing, you know. Oh, is that Bluetooth. what you did in here? Yeah, uh, yep. Through my cell phone through the roadcaster there. Yeah. That's why it was kinda and that's how I did my first ones, you know, in my little closet. I was going to say, so, like, let's talk about you having the decision to do a podcast. Because I feel like doing a podcast, you, I mean, you, you definitely, like, have a lot of skills and you need a lot of skills. Because, like, I'm finding out through having guests, we're like, oh, we're the ones that, like, kind of need to keep the conversation going. Right? Like, yeah. you kind of need to help it flow. And, like, we're kind of, like, figuring that out. I think we're still, like, trying to. <laughs> well, yeah, you're interviewing. Well, Getting our bearings. But then, so you were jumping into, like, guests and all this stuff and, like, you know, sharing your story. Like, kind of talk about the beginning of that, doing the podcast. Because I'm really kind of curious, like, did you, like, look up, like, how to start a podcast? Or kind of, like, did you get comfortable? Did a few before you released one? Or you just, like, did it? You went in cold turkey? like. I, you hit it uh, the nail on the head because I looked up everything. I yeah. watched all the YouTube videos. I yeah. listened to all the like the recovery podcasts and whatnot and their formats and 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 everything before I I did my first one, which was my story, you know. Yep. And and I didn't was that I, one take or did you do hell multiple? no? <laughs> <laughs> even our intros, I like still like even though we've been doing a few of them, I still fuck up like yeah. more and more and more. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I didn't have this this fancy setup, you know, like yeah. Nick Carpenter was saying, you know, yeah. you just put a little phone on the in between you and <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, uh, I had you, my. Can you get close to the phone, yeah, please? Yeah. Can you actually say it to the phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had actually, I actually had a um, um, a blue um, USB microphone that, that went yeah. into the phone you yep. know and then and then garage band so yeah. that was my first ones <laughs> in my yeah. closet because it's the quietest room in the house it's know? funny that you said that because like i started i wanted to do voice acting for a long time uh-huh. and they were like oh dude if you need a studio you got a closet just yeah. put everything in the closet so yeah that's funny that you did that yeah, yeah build yeah. the pillow fort around your head and yeah. basically <laughs> stick it in there that's i, I swear that's Seriously. how a lot of people do like audiobooks Hell and yeah. stuff like that it's no it's I, crazy I, I i stumbled on this like voice acting like article and it was like you can make money doing voice acting and i was like i could do that hell yeah and so i started trying to do it but then i was like i don't i'm not bad i can't do that (laughs) dude i just had a call from um uh kurt from surreal kurt ryman from surreal studios he was like i need a native um male voice for um audition for a commercial oh heck yeah and then he and then he had me on the phone and i was recording on my you know Hindenburg software or whatever. He was kind of directing you. And then he was directing me, yeah. okay, say it like this. Yeah. And why don't you try to say it with a smile? You yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. No, raise your uh, eyebrows. Okay. Okay. Uh, say it uh, this way, but kind of slowly at first. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then speed it up at the end or it's, something uh, like that. It's funny how, like, like, I've been on a bunch of those calls and I've been directing a bunch of those calls. And uh, I'm just, I kind of feel stupid sometimes. Like, when I'm like, all right, say this, but then pause. Yeah. And say that, but then pause and then say it again. Like, just you want to get like everything. So I, oh man, I've been there. But that's kind of cool though. Yeah. His, at first, when he said, uh, I need some native, uh, a, a male native voice, I was going to be like totally from the village, you know? <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, hey yeah. guys, come, come over here. Put it here. on thick. <laughs> yeah. Put it on thick. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, but no, that's not even one of you. He said, use your radio voice. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is my radio yeah, voice. Yeah. Use the podcast yeah. voice. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So you grew up in Bethel. Bethel, Alaska. I have never been, and I've always been very, very curious about it. So can you tell people that don't live in Alaska and maybe who don't know? So like my mom, uh-huh. who's never been to Bethel. Hi, mom. Yeah. Tell her kind of like uh, what Bethel's like. What was it like growing up there? Um you know, because it's 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 out there. Yeah, and they're having some crazy, crazy storms right, right now. now. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. insane. I've been watching th- the news. Like, no, man. Oh man, now it's up in no man. Yeah, right. It's crazy. Well, Bethel, um, people refer to it as the asshole of Alaska. <laughs> I have that never what? heard that before. But that's only Is the only people. Ralph, sorry. Pass- <laughs> That's only the people passing through. Get it? Uh, yeah. Get yeah, it? yeah. Oh. <laughs> actually, uh, where's, the, where's the little rim uh, shot? Uh, <laughs> oh, no. oh, <laughs> I know they have that on the airport. <laughs> like, yeah. Welcome. Oh, so, oh, like, man. on the map of Alaska, where are we looking at? Right? Okay. You see the second? Yep. Right, right, right around, around there. there. Okay, Southwest Alaska. So, yeah. people... For the people that can't see Kyle's hand, I know, yeah, yeah. he's well, doing for my own knowledge. Yeah, we do the um, like the Michigan thing. Like you can put your hand out. And, oh, like, is that what the Michigan it. thing? Is? Yeah, you can do that. Okay, and so we do it with like Alaska. So yeah, you make yeah. your hand look like Alaska and point at your hand. Like, oh, this is where yeah, we yeah. are. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's what was happening. Yeah, <laughs> West Alaska, Southwest Alaska, Alaska. Southwest. about five hundred miles southwest from here, air wow. miles. So um, now I think there's about. I don't know, 7,500 or so people okay. there. Um, that's more than I expected, actually. Yeah, now now it's, I think that's about, I don't know, It's the last yeah. time I went there, it was Memorial Day. So um, I, before that, the only time I went back was for my, my mom's passing, and we buried her there. But before that, I, I like left in 2000. So um, growing up in Bethel, it was pretty crazy. Um, very small town. Yeah. Um, you had your clique of friends there, and um, I I was really good friends with a guy named Kevin Morgan, and he was a musician, and that's how I got into music. I was oh, gonna nice. get there. But, oh, okay. Yeah, I was, gonna, yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, let's talk about it. But I grew up with him and Don Reardon, who um, who wrote the Ravens' Gift. Okay. And, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, he was a singer in the Funky Eskimos. Oh, uh, what a remember? name! What a name! <laughs> have you heard of them? No. no. Okay. I <laughs> I have heard the name of the band. Okay. I don't think because you played in that, correct? Yeah, the bass. Yeah. Bass. And I was when you you said that, or I saw read it. I was like, I'm pretty sure I've either seen them. Uh, when was the last show? Oh, it was uh, ninety. Okay, yeah, probably no. <laughs> not. But I, I remember the name because I was like, "Well, it's kind of an interesting name, though." Maybe it's something to do with Don Reardon. Or, yeah, you know? yeah. Be, <laughs> he yeah. mentions it once in a while. But yeah, it was just you know high school, just like a small town kind of vibe, you know. Yeah. Um, the street that I grew up on had a lot of um, kind of alcohol influence in it. A lot, almost every house on the on the street where I lived, uh, was either affected by alcohol, uh, directly or indirectly, you know, it's Mm. a lot of bootlegging. Alcohol is brought in. Um, it can't be sold there except for one. Now one restaurant can sell wine and beer. Um, otherwise you have to order it from Anchorage and have it chipped in. So it's a damp town. Okay. I was going to say, I forget it's, there's dry, there's wet and then there's damp. Yeah. So um, before the Funky Eskimos, I was in a, another band. I forget the name. I think it was Guarded Wings. Oh, that you guys were a metal band. <laughs> <laughs> Brock, were you in that band? <laughs> that was good. It took me a second. I was like, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> you I'm son just, of a bitch. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, no. But, it, um, you know, music was my was my. Uh, focus, you know, I focused a yeah. lot on music. I practiced a lot. I lived in a two-room house with no running water. Oh wow! Uh, honey bucket. Oh yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. It's very humbling uh, seeing your shit <laughs> every, every day, day. <laughs> every day, oh, <laughs> and man. other people's shit. Right. <laughs> you uh. know. So you know, I grew up kind of 
ashamed, you know, basically, yeah. you know, I was ashamed of being native, of, be, of be, living in that house because I had that stigma of the native people being, you know, dirty, yeah. poor, drunks, mm-hmm. you know, I, I lived into that or, or I, I you know, uh, th- that's what I thought in my head, you know, growing up. So I didn't, I was, I didn't want to be native, you yeah. know, <clears throat> so I, I, I leaned to I always said okay I'm I'm Norwegian you know <laughs> yeah, part Norwegian switch. more you know yeah. <laughs> but um, w- once I got into a band called Medicine Dream that all changed with Paul Pike and he taught me you know you you have to be proud of your culture and your traditions and everything so yeah. did a one eighty for sure that. <laughs> why, like uh, why do you think I mean because I mean we've all lived in Alaska for a long time and like you always hear stereotypes and stuff like that that is not generally good about that kind of stuff mm-hmm. why do you think you felt that way and that do you feel like it was because the neighborhood you lived in was heavily affected by that it just kind of was like this is this is what it is or do you feel like because Bethel has such a small kind of remote population that's more common there like i i've lived in alaska my whole life just about and i've always heard stuff about villages and i'm just like i've never been to a very remote village but these stereotypes are always there and it's i don't know why like why do you feel specifically like alcoholism was heavy in in just your neighborhood um, it, well, it, I don't think it was just my neighborhood. That's my personal experience with my neighborhood. Right. But, uh, you know, the whole Bethel has a lot of issues with alcohol, I believe. And it it it, it could go back to, you know, uh, we didn't have a lot of alcohol in, in our ancestry, you know. Um, I think the hardest thing was probably fermented berries or something like yeah, that, right. you know? Yeah. We don't have, like, 100 years of or whatever of uh, um, grain alcohol or distilled alcohol Interesting. Um, experience or whatever, you know? I think that has something to do with it, you know, that affects directly with Native people. Um, it could be also that Native people are brought up to be these stoic people that have to show that they're strong, you know, yeah. that they have to, they can't show their traumas and what, what's going on in their life. Sure. They can't cry. They can't, you know, um, tell their story, you right. know? So that's all kept in. And once they drink alcohol, it, it all explodes. Sure. You know? It's, it's like a explosion of, of emotions. You yeah. know what I mean? Which is interesting because like, um, I feel like native culture, like I've just started scratching the surface, right? Like I went to the heritage center and I got like kind of obsessed with it. So I'm like reading books and stuff because I'm like, I don't have traditions, right? Like I think we don't have traditions or something to look back on. So I'm kind of obsessed with like learning about cultures that actually do. And it's all about telling story. There's all about like, um, you know, music and all that stuff. And so you're saying kind of like, you kind of stifle emotions. Like, that's just kind of like, that's what you do. That's what you look, you did growing up. Yeah. Well, that's how, that's how I was brought up. You know, yeah. I'm sure that's how a lot of other native people were brought up, you know? Yeah. Um, and you look at the, the, the lifestyle that they lived back then. I mean, it was harsh. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It, it kind of makes sense to me in a bit because like what you're talking about in, in, in Bethel and just other remote villages is a lot of the things that have been happening for the past few hundred years is a tough life. Like, uh, I yeah. mean, yeah. you look at whaling and all these different things that people do and, and, and basically trying to live in a place that that's not very, Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not very livable to be honest Dude. i mean with the weather and everything i can yeah. see how people the dark the cold right it's yeah. a hard lifestyle which i think makes people more susceptible to trying to escape the the hard lifestyle yeah yeah, yeah. i guess that makes sense yeah yeah and and and, and there's uh, a thing called generational trauma that people have been talking about mm-hmm. you know bringing up lately yeah. it's about you know 
a lot of it's been brought up about the boarding schools lately. Mm. Yep. And even before that, um, all the epidemics that happened, like smallpox, where there was villages or families or, or just family members that perished and you didn't talk about it. It was all kept in, you know. It was It was all brought down generation to generation. And it's not only that, it's your own um, trauma that you experienced in your life, you know. Yeah. Uh, maybe your your grandfather was an alcoholic and they had domestic violence in the house. Your dad or your mom lived that, so they that's they, that's what they knew. Right. So they brought it down Carried to you, it over. you know. Down and it takes effects. yeah, it it's take it takes somebody to you know stop that cycle, break yeah. that cycle, you know. Sure. And unfortunately, it's it, it took me forty how many years of of my life to get into. Breaking that cycle, you know. But you're so. doing it. I mean, I'm doing it, and hopefully, I'm in, inspiring others to do the to same. Do maybe that as well. You yeah. Know? So you mentioned that this this second band that you were in um, helped you more appreciate um, where you came from and and your culture. And so, did that lead you to traveling to Anchorage, or did that? What Dude, you know, honest. The, the story is okay. Um, Funky Eskimos put out our own album. We put it on Don Reardon's credit card, and we <laughs> recorded in is a. It, is it on Spotify? Oh yeah, I, it uh, is. Yeah, I took over the because Don had it. He was doing like um, I forget how much you pay a month yeah, or whatever to, yeah. to do it, and then he was like, "Let it lapse or whatever." I said, "Okay, I'll pay it." <laughs> you know, just Heck to keep yeah. it on there. Yeah, and then um, so. I, I paid the fee and it's, I think it's back up Streaming there. Streaming there now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, um, where was I? You, oh, the, the uh, Funky Eskimos uh, recorded. Oh, you got it there. <laughs> there it is, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. The Funky Eskimos recorded an album in Fairbanks in a, it looked like a log house in the middle of nowhere. But, oh, nice. But it was somebody's like studio that they built out there. And we did it all live. Uh, we did it. We recorded live in, I don't know, a day. <laughs> really? <laughs> How many like songs? Like seven songs, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Paul Pike, the founder of Medicine Dream, uh, was a DJ at KNB Radio. KNB Radio had the Funky Eskimo CD, and he was in need of a bass player. And uh, on the back of the CD was Kevin Morgan's dad's phone number. Oh, so, had a phone number on the CD. <laughs> on the phone, on oh, the CD, yeah, on the back of the CD. And then, um, or or the, you know, the inside or whatever. Yeah, sure. And then Paul Pike called Kevin's dad. And then Kevin's dad called me and said, hey, this guy w- wants to talk to you. And I'm like, okay. I called him up and he said, hey, you want to try out for a band? Heck yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Rock and roll. So I flew into Anchorage and I, I played with them and he said, okay. Let's do it. You're in. So, <laughs> wait, so you moved to Anchorage for music? I actually didn't move to Anchorage at first. I was okay. I was living in Bethel and then I um would would go back and forth from Anchorage to Bethel and, and wherever we played, you know, cuz we played like downstates and everything like that. Oh, we played well, at, cool. We played at a couple Native American Music Awards. Oh. Uh we won a, a Native American Music Award for the best video of the year at what? one point. Yeah, it was uh, Canyon Records was a record company out of Arizona, and um, but yeah, he was really. He, I really look up to Paul Pike. He really changed my view in uh, Native culture, you sure, know, and yeah. being proud of that. And Medicine Dream was an intertribal group, and there's like seven members of us, all from different tribes. Oh, wow. so oh wow, yeah, that's really cool. And Medicine Dream was a uh, sober band. And of course, I would be sober when I was playing with them, you know, yeah, and at the yeah. functions. But in the off time, I was drinking, yeah. you know. Sure. So <clears throat> Inter- interesting how that, that was like uh, a sober band. It was like kind of like, Ralph, we're here. Yeah. Like, we're, I'm here. It's like kind of like a little, <laughs> little uh, like inkling before <laughs> it actually happened. Uh-huh. So, um, so basically, you were playing bass in these bands. How did you get into bass? Because I'm curious, because I'm a bass player too. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like, you know, I kind of fell into bass through guitar. 
Mm. And so I'm kind of always interested in like, how do people find their way to bass? Because some people, they're born to be bass players. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I was in, in grade school, they said, pick out an instrument and I played the drums. So I was like a dr- a, a percussionist. Rhythm. You were the rhythm section, baby. I was the rhythm section. Keeping it in the you know, rhythm, honor baby. band, you know, came to Anchorage to play in the honor band and everything like that. Oh, cool. uh, but in junior high, Kevin Morgan, the guitar player for uh, the Funky Eskimos, um, he was my friend and, and he played guitar, his brother, Chris Morgan, he played the drums and nobody had played the bass. So <laughs> yeah. I, I'll do it. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how it starts. Baby. That's how it start- and then I learned the whole, I got one of those, um, tab books for oh, appetite yeah. for destruction. Okay. And I learned yeah. every, every single, single song. No off way. Of that. <laughs> Dude. Yep. Yep. Duff McKagan, hell yeah. <laughs> he, he had quite a life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll say. And then there was a point where I was in Medicine Dream, and I was playing with a local band in Bethel, you know, just like, you know, cover music and stuff mm-hmm. like that, um, from a friend that I played with early on when we first started um, playing music in Bethel. And we decided to move to Portland to become rock stars. Oh, yeah. So I quit Medicine Dream. Moved out to Portland, uh, stayed there for two years as a starving musician, yeah. and yeah. Uh, very familiar with that. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. And decided uh, after getting into trouble down there, and and, yeah. and of course because of alcohol, um, drove back up here and uh, with my tail between my legs, and then settled in Anchorage. Yeah. But a funny story uh, with Brock and Thirty Six. Um, we went to the singer and I that I moved down there with. We were called Colder with a K. Oh, <laughs> you guys were so hard. Oh my gosh, you went hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah you did not because there was already a band so. called Cold, right? With yeah, yeah, Cold. Yeah, yeah. And then there's Corn. So we're, we thought, hey, let's we're do Colder. colder. <laughs> yeah, right. We're from Alaska, of course. Yeah. And then uh, we went to go see Thirty Six at Ash Street Saloon. Oh my gosh! Uh, I think I played there. You did, did play you really? there. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh! That was like I've one seen. of our first. Yeah, I think so. Or we were supposed to, whatever. Yeah, I know yeah. the the name because the guy that thirty six always played there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then of course they were like, "Come to Mark, come to our place." You know, afterwards oh, they oh, invited sweet. everybody. So we went there. We brought our. We were broke. Oh, we yeah. brought our, we we bought uh, we we pulled up our money and got a case of natty ice. Oh my gosh, <laughs> classic. <laughs> <laughs> There's a podcast that's going to be coming out eventually where we just did it last night with yeah. me, Stephen, Mason, and Ron. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. basically the whole two, podcast. Two, my two other members two of my from band. Thera. Oh, yeah. okay. And so the cool. whole thing is about just stories. <laughs> just being broke yeah. In, yeah. in Washington. And probably everybody can relate to those stories if you've ever chased yeah. music to any. Or even any dream. Well, sure. But starving specifically. Yeah. yeah. I would it's say starving artist. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's an umbrella for a lot of things. Yeah. We don't know how we paid for anything. <laughs> I know. That's, right? like, that's literally what we were just asking. Like, <laughs> how did I even afford beer? How did I afford food every week? I know. Like, and you always found money for beer. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 yeah. Is, that was the truth. That was yeah. like the numero uno thing. Because I had just turned 21 and I was like, yeah. the Number one thing that y'all I always had to have was yeah. beer. Yep, was like, yep. Had to do it. Had to do it. So we went there and brought our natty ice, and it was fun. It was great. And then everything went black. I, I had a yeah, blackout. Sure. Woke up uh, in the bottom floor, right next to Thomas Noonan's bed. <laughs> Oh, I was Noonan. not, and I was not naked. Oh, that's good. Okay, <laughs> that's good. Well, we went, it went down, it came up a little bit, so we're we're good. Yeah. Oh man. You always shoot him a random message every once in a while. Now, remember that one time? Yeah. yeah. Remember that one time I slept with you? No, no on the floor. But yeah, I was on the floor. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. We're in the same room. That's funny. Uh, what a small world, because it's like we. I mean, you listen to the episode with Brock, and it's just so yeah. funny how Thirty Six has kind of been a part of so many Alaskan bands. Yeah. Like yeah. history, and it, it's it's just insane that, like I said in the podcast, I've been listening to them since I was like fourteen or something. Yeah, yeah. small same, world. Same. Yeah, it's so awesome though. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, is. it really is. And so you kind of did the whole starving artist thing. Yeah, came back, came back, and then rejoined Medicine Dream. Um, 
And I've been here ever since, pretty much, except for a few, they call them geographicals in the recovery world is where everything falls to shit. So you decide, oh, I'm going to go move here and everything will start fresh yeah yeah no uh, nothing so you can, blank slate blank slate yeah you could do whatever you want now <laughs> <laughs> and is that and true that is not true yeah. <laughs> yeah. because it follows you wherever you do wherever you go you know yeah yeah what i'm kind of curious about that that journey because i feel like i feel like a lot of people can relate probably to where you are but they don't know um, where to stop and they don't want to like stop. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like kind of maybe talk to that person because I feel like maybe like it is, like I said, relatable, the journey to get to that point where you go to treatment and then you get to that point where you like, in my head, you're a success story, right? Because it's very, very like, um, you know, up and down, up and down. But then like you finally it clicks. What was the point? Like heading up to that before that, what was the point heading up to that clicking, that the idea, the light bulb? It was not wanting to miss the party, not wanting to have fun or not have fun without alcohol. Yeah. Not have fun without alcohol. Because once you stop, you're not going to have fun anymore. Right. Well, that's what I thought. Sure. You know? And I, I get that. I can totally relate to that because it's like... Even now, we're at, like, bonfires, and we're like, well, we got to have a beer in our hands. Like, <laughs> what are we doing with ourselves, you know? So it's yeah. like it, it just kind of come is coming to our society and our culture, and we just accepted it. Mm-hmm. But that, now you're breaking away from that. Yeah, but you got to realize that you're not – nobody's going to tell anybody what to do yeah. until you're until ready. Right. Yeah. Until you're ready to stop. And realize you could live a better life without yeah. alcohol, you know. And some people are, are like some people like me, cannot have alcohol. Like if I ha- if I have that drink out there, you yeah. know, I'm off. I'm off. I can't stop. Yeah. Uh, because to me, it I love that feeling so much. Sure. I love that feeling of alcohol so much that I want more and I want more yeah. and come to the point where I don't remember anymore for a week maybe right you know week binges but you can't force somebody like that that show um what's that show intervention intervention yeah Yeah. oh i cringe at that because you can't like force somebody to 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 go to treatment or i mean i guess you can but but you're not gonna change their mind well i think the end credits usually Mm -hmm. are are not always positive when yeah, they kind of yeah. say like three months later, you know, this person real or whatever, yeah. you know, and it's, it is kind of weird that you are forcing this person's hand to yeah. be like, you're going to do yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said like, you know, you, people won't listen unless they want to. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's this, that's something I'm learning. I think that applies to a lot of things in life is like, you know, my wife can say something and then it'll go in one ear and out the other mm-hmm. until just kidding, I Alicia. want. <laughs> no, no, I mean, like she, it, it, she, she, we've talked about yeah. this, no, I but it. it's like, she'll say something and then like, until I really want to know, or it, it, it applies to me or when uh-huh. I'm ready to hear it, then I'm like, Oh, cause it's funny. Cause like, she'll say like, she'll life coach me. Right. She'll okay. say stuff. Right. She's a life coach. But then like, I won't hear it. I won't hear. It. And then I'll hear someone on the radio say those exact same principles uh-huh. and i'll be like oh my gosh alicia i just had this epiphany she's like i've been telling you for this is six the months. first time i've ever heard this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I, was like, I was like i was like oh shit yeah yeah you're right you're right you're right so yeah you can't like force people to do something um and like you have to kind of let them find that path on their own yeah right yeah yeah and so that's kind of what you did whereas like you i, I mean like you know maybe I'm wrong here, but like, you know, people were saying like, you got to go, you got to go. Uh-huh. And then it wasn't until the third time that it really like, you were like, I got to go. You had to go for you. I, I, ha- I had yeah. to, re- I had to realize that I didn't want to go back to that anymore. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to lose everything. My, my family, most of all, you know, and, and you can't even do it for your family. You got to do it for your, yourself, for yourself first. Yeah. And then everything will trickle down to your family, to your job, to whatever you're doing, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, once you realize that you have to do it for yourself and you want to live a better life, 
then then, then it's uphill from there. Mm-hmm. I mean, life's not. I mean, recovery's not. You know, linear. There's ups and downs every sure. day. You know, I haven't had a bad day the other day, and uh, you know. Of course, it thinks, man, I could take one drink and everything would be fine. Yeah, right. It'd fix it all. But I, I'm at I'm I'm at that point where I could envision what's going to happen next, and I know what's going to happen next. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't realize that until it's too late. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple things inside of that. It's like, what do you ever look at? Maybe friends, family, people that you know that struggle with that. Like, what are some things that aren't so obvious that tells you somebody struggles with alcohol. Uh, like, oh. okay. that was a good question. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. Well, like, because we all know the stand, like, the, oh, yeah. the obvious the, the things. Movie, but, like, like, yeah. But, like, what's something you look at somebody and be like, you know, I bet you they struggle with that because of this. You could see it. I mean, I had a coworker. Not going to say any names, of course. Yeah, yeah. I had a coworker, and um, I could see, I could see something. They're, they're struggling. Or, you know, maybe they had a hard night or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, they were like, Oh, I gotta, uh, I gotta, I gotta go out and get some pressure or something like that, whatnot. And then so you replaced them with whatever they're doing, and then they come back and they they do it again or whatever. And then so at lunchtime they they disappear, but they come back all happy, different. And everything's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. They probably needed a fixer, yeah. right? You know what I mean. Just subtle things like that that people may not notice if you haven't been through it yeah you know what i mean you catch kind of little things like that you know yeah Yeah. alcohol is the is to me the weirdest drug like in the world because it's the most accepted thing Mm -hmm. in in society in any society like you think about if we went to um a restaurant everybody's smoking weed in there you'd be like oh it's kind of weird but like you expect to go into any restaurant and see 90% 90% of people Wine, drinking beer, cocktails, yeah. alcohol all the time. Yeah. And then lunch, you know, it's like uh, lunch beers with co-workers. Like, it's it's so Bloody Marys at breakfast, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mimosas. Oh, like, man. It's, it's, it's like, ingrained oh, in our culture. Right. Dang, you're taking me back. To, yeah. to the... <laughs> Humpy, no, it's hum- gross. It's gross. It's gross. Humpy's Bloody Marys. Oh, uh, my God. Uh, <laughs> they taste like trash. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. But, no, like, no, you're it's right. It's just so easy in my head to... You know, you can like you're talking as much as it, as it was a joke about the cheesesteaks. Yeah, like yeah. it's something that you like make can easily make a habit. Granted, you'll just become obese eventually if you keep doing that. But like you, you know, don't, you know. I mean, look at me not, now, my guy. Yeah, we need to talk. Yeah, yeah. but but like yeah. it's it's a it's a negative thing to put on a ton of weight, but it's not something yeah. that is literally going to destroy your liver mm-hmm. and all these things if you did over and over again, like with alcohol. And no one would say a thing if you were just, you know, the guy yeah. that, yeah. I just drink, you know, that's my thing. Yeah. And so I always wonder, like, what's something, like you just said, somebody maybe that sneaks away and comes back in a cheerier mood and stuff mm-hmm. like that, stuff you recognize. Is there anything else that comes to mind? Um, y- You know, uh, I, I mean, I've been through it all. I've been through calling off work a lot, you know, just, just stuff like that, just the normal stuff. I don't know. I can't really think of anything right now. Sure. You know? But you, but then you got to realize that not everybody has a problem with alcohol. Right. Yeah. You know, you're talking about the restaurants with all the beer and everything like that. I'm, I'm not going to go over there and say, hey, that's bad for you and slap it out oh, of your sure. hand. You right, know? right. Why not? <laughs> because well, you guys don't have a problem with it, right? Yeah. So um, people can drink responsibly. And so, you know, some people can't. Right. And, and uh, you know, I'm not one of those people that can drink responsibly. But um, for, like, the signs and everything like that, I it's really hard for me to think right sure. now about that. But Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm kind of curious. The, the you know, you've, we've talked about where you were and, like, how you got to where you are now, right? Um, talk to that person who's there where you were. Like, what advice would you have to them um, who kind of, like, Maybe they know it's a, an issue and a problem, or may, maybe it's not alcohol, right? Because we all have our vices. We were mm-hmm. talking about. And it's like maybe it's not just alcohol. Maybe there's you know other stuff, um, cheesesteaks or whatever. You know, uh-huh. talk to that per- <laughs> talk to that person, and basically, uh, I don't know what advice would you give them to kind of like help find the help that they need when you're realizing that it's becoming a problem in your life. 
and you want to make a change, reach out to me, reach out to somebody that can help you. If I can't help you, the recovery community is so awesome. Somebody would be able to help you. Yeah. I can give you somebody else's number that can help. Mm. But until you're ready, just keep trying, you know, just like I did. Yeah. If you fall off the wagon, just get up and dust yourself off and do it over again. You know, I did it how many countless times, you know. Yeah. It'll be that one time some people have like a white light epiphany and say, okay, that's what I need. Some people, it takes some time like I did. You know, I didn't have that ooh kind of thing where it was like, you need to stop right now, you know. Yeah. You know, I had to, I, I had to think about it, you know, and then realize I don't want to do that anymore, you know. I had to play it in my head. I'm I'm different. I had to think about it, you know. I had to write it down. So journaling. We we yes. talk about journaling quite a bit about how I don't do it and Steven does it. And well, I haven't <laughs> been doing it recently, so <laughs> but no, I I'm no no uh you're not angel perfect. when it comes yeah. to journaling. What what do you write in the journal? Is it kind of just your thoughts or my it, it's it, it's a lot of negative <laughs> I, I tend to focus on negative, yeah. you know. Get it out, baby. You know, yeah, what get I mean? it out. Hey, exactly. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, you know? Alicia. You know, I, I told Alicia when we had our discussion with her about like a lot of my dreams are are very negative, and uh-huh. and a big thing she was saying is like it doesn't matter. Just write it down, and and get yeah. it on paper. And sometimes that can help, especially when you're trying to remember dark times you went through or just uh-huh. yeah. what you were thinking at the moment. So. You know, just to think about it, maybe it was ingrained in my head that's how you do journaling, not like yeah, good stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, okay, uh, maybe all those uh, treatments or outpatient treatments I went to is like put it down to a, a, and work on it, you know, right. pe- piece by piece yeah. or whatnot. All the bad things you're thinking about, put it down or, or what, you know? I, and I think it's powerful to see it too yeah. in the physical form. Right? like Kind of like your thoughts on paper, right? Yeah, like, what the hell was I thinking that day? Well, like, that, that, I mean, um, <laughs> yeah. that, bo- that boy is dark. <laughs> uh, you also, I, I don't want to take too much of your time because we've already talked for a long time, and thank you for being here. But I do want to say this. You, you did t- also say, like, you in the beginning, you had a vision board. Oh, yeah. And, like, so my wife. That's crazy. She just got me on vision boarding, Dude. right? And, uh like now you go into our garage, which is yeah. like now, because like now they're like super big. Like what, how did you get into that? Dude. Was that something in treatment center? It or? was in treatment center. And, and it's, what's weird is I put down just pictures of things. Like I drew the, the New York, New York times bestseller book, anonymous Eskimo. Yes. I had, I had my family on there, you know, because I wanted to, yeah. to reconnect with my family. I had a bass guitar on it. Oh, it man. was a Heck Stingray yeah. 5 uh, HH, double H. And then, and then I got it for like Valentine's Day. My my, my fiance like gave it to me. I was like, oh my God. And then I went down to where my vision board is. Unraveled I looked it. at <laughs> and it was the same freaking thing. Crazy, isn't it? And she it? didn't know? No, she didn't know. That's the crazy thing about vision boards, man. It, have you ever it's watched so weird. The Secret? Oh, yeah. I mean- the book i was yeah, obsessed yeah. with it for a minute were yeah. you yeah. oh my gosh that's that's kind of like the thing you know where yeah. he envisioned the house and it was the exact same yep. house yep. kind of thing it was so weird yeah. um what, what what do you call that uh where you where you think Wish it, it uh, into uh, uh, uh premonition y- y- prem- no no that's, that's <laughs> envision like basically uh, <laughs> the word man so, the somebody's word. listening right now and be like these guys are <laughs> morons we'll, yeah. cut, we'll, cut, we'll cut this hey uh, steven we're gonna cut this oh yeah. Um, uh, yeah hold up you uh, know what i'm talking about yeah it's uh <laughs> yeah. visualize no visualize no no, no, no. no. Oh, that's it's, what like, I done. Uh, it's like it's, it's like it's where like, something comes to fruition essentially yeah yeah I thought visualize that would be my thing. No, no, it's like where you materialize. No, no, actualize. Whatever it is, (laughs) whatever it's something. Yeah, where stuff comes true. Yeah, yeah. And so you, 
the the vision board you had all this stuff. Did you have a picture of us in there? Yeah, being yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, Go fix yourself. That's what it said at the yeah. top. Yeah. Hola, mi amigos. Uh, no, it is interesting with vision. God, man, I'm gonna just. You're, you yeah, got to block ta- that out. <laughs> you need to get that block ta- that out. Dude, I used to watch all yeah, those, really? man. Hell yeah. Oh, man. Uh, he sure did. Back. He was the one view. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you're up to I think you're up to uh, 628 subscribers. As get the I'm fuck too. out of here. <laughs> uh, maybe I don't know. I haven't even checked. Um, no, so I, I think it's crazy about vision boarding because like my wife, she's been doing it for a lot longer than I have, and she has stories just like the bass story. Yeah, with her piano and how it's literally the exact same piano yeah. that's in our house now, and her house and all this other stuff and like. She just like is like, holy crap! This well, this is the exact same thing I put on my vision board. Yeah, you know, so it's phenomenal kind of doing that. And so uh, maybe we should talk about that some other time. But um, do a whole episode like, on yeah. vision boards. Yeah, we probably could, man. I have I have a I have now. a log house on there, so hopefully that will come true. <laughs> yeah. Come on, vision guys, speak it speak it into existence. Yeah. yeah. Well. I mean, Ralph, this was pretty awesome to sit down with you. I hope we were incredibly respectful and everything about everything you've been through. I mean, it was just awesome to sit down and meet somebody that we've been meaning to sit down for a while now. It's crazy, man. I know. I mean, this podcast that I've done, it's opened up so many doors for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was in a commercial and I was just breathing. You know? And you got a job. It it was like almost like a Wim Hof thing, you know? (laughs) Which, which we're, we, we're, we're talking about, about on the next podcast. Yeah, that's you, funny. I think he's behind the scenes and knows what's going on with our podcast. He's in our show notes or something. Yeah. <laughs> he knows way too much. <laughs> he's peering through the windows. Yeah. Hey, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, hey, man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come out here and talk to us, two schlubs, about um, your podcast and what you're doing and your journey. So thank you very much for being available and Dude, just talking thank to you, us. Thank you so much for having me, man. It's so awesome. I I follow you guys, and I will continue to follow you guys. You guys are totally awesome, and Vice it was versa. great to meet you guys in person. Yeah. You guys are badass. Plug your stuff real quick. Where can people find you? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just anonymouseskimo.com, and it's all linked in there. Perfect. So, yep, my merch, my, you know... The podcast, all, all, all the, the links, Instagram, everything, whatever. all the links, yeah. all the links. Cool, man. Well, all thank you links. so much, brother. Thank, thank you. you. Well, that was our interview with the one, the only Ralph Sara. And man, I am just blown away by this guy, dude. And, you know, not only to start your sobriety right before the pandemic, um, but also to be very public about it and be open about it on talking about it on a podcast. It's very inspiring, really inspiring, honestly. And so I was very grateful for Ralph to sit down with us and just talk about his journey. No, Ralph is actually uh, the perfect person to look at when you need a guideline for how to be accountable for your goals. And this guy really put it out there publicly that he wanted to stay sober and I loved his thing that said, if I don't put an episode out this week, you need to check on me. Like yeah. that is a different level of um, a promise to to the public. And yeah. I, I loved it. Yeah. No, it's 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 great. It's very motivational. So thank you again, Ralph. Um, and make sure to go check out his podcast, The Anonymous Eskimo Project, uh, Anonymous Eskimo Podcast um, on all streaming podcast platforms. But as for this podcast next week... It's a little bit of a different one, wouldn't you say, Kyle? Yeah, it's uh, we we've gotten some requests to have some more casual conversations sometimes, yeah. and this one happened to be with two old pals from the Thera band, two old buddies, just yeah. two old guys from the gang. Uh, yeah, we have um my bandmates, um, but also. I mean, Kyle is an honorary band member in my band as well. So uh, Mason and Ronnie and basically the whole podcast, we just talk about, you know, what it was like being in the band at the beginning and then going on tour in the UK and in the US. And we're we just kind of go over the whole last 10 years of being in a band together. So it's a little bit different. There's no like, oh, let's talk about your journey, you know, talk about your process. It's more just like. Four old buddies getting together. We're drinking some brews. Brews? <laughs> We're drinking some brews. 
<laughs> and, and uh, you know, we're just having a good laugh. Uh, and then we went to, right after that, we went to see a POD, which is another old school uh, band that we grew up with. So it's a really good one. I, I'm really enjoying it. So stay tuned for that next week. And anything else, Kyle? Anything else you'd like to add to the end of the podcast? I think everybody knows where to find us. Go Fix Yourself Podcast on all social medias. Mm-hmm. Go podcast.com. Go find us. Go talk to us. Go hate us or love yeah, well, us. Whatever for, you want to do. Except for Twitter, man. Twitter, yeah. there's a Go Fix Yourself and then there's a go fix yourself pod. And then so what it is right now is it's fix yourself pod. Uh, mm. So branding's shot. Man, I know. And I, I feel like every time I use Twitter, I'm always like wanting a different username. And I just like it doesn't make me want to use Twitter because all the usernames are. And it's I don't know if you've seen this, but like they're all like banned. So like the, mm. the actual go fix yourself is banned. And that username will never be uh available again well, so da- daddy elon will come in and save us because he's gonna buy the company <laughs> yeah. and we're gonna reach out to him directly and yeah. we will get the handle i so, will tweet i'll tweet him i'll tweet yeah him. we'll get it yeah anyways well thank you everybody for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week bye thanks for tuning in Kyle and Steven will be back with a new episode next week. In the meantime, check out GoFixYourselfPodcast.com. And remember to always go fix yourself.